From Yahoo Finance, this is Electionomics. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. And in this week's podcast, we are looking at what a Joe Biden presidency might look like. And Rick, we know that Biden racked up lots of delegates in these latest primaries. He seems to be the presumptive nominee for the Democrats. Uh, I guess given the backdrop we have right now with the way Wall Street's behaving, do you think that Biden, first off, would be better for the markets than, say, Sanders or even Trump? Uh, Well, he'd certainly be better for markets than Sanders. And you're right, we have had just an amazing turnaround here in the last couple of weeks of voting. Uh, all of all the political analysts I'm following, uh, they're all saying we've never seen such an abrupt turnaround in uh, in a primary election season. We've seen surprises. Uh, you know, Trump winning the Republican nomination in 2016 was a surprise, but that went till fairly late in the game. Uh, Biden's campaign was all but dead, and now he's, I mean, he's just streaking to the wind. So um, Bernie Sanders is not out yet. Um, uh, there is still a very, very narrow uh, pathway to him getting enough delegates to get the nomination. But, but the Biden campaign would basically have to collapse at this point. So my best guess is we're going to have Bernie Sanders around for at least a couple more weeks. I don't think he's I, I could be proven so you think wrong there's by the be time. A debate? You think Biden and Sanders get a chance? I to do. Debate? And I think um, that's one of the reasons Bernie Sanders will stay in is he, I think we have two more scheduled debates. I think uh, he wants I mean, that, you know, he's a better be a great debater stage. than Biden. He is. And I mean, it's a national audience. I mean, you know, politicians above all things are basically egomaniacs. And I would include both Biden and Sanders in that. And I think he wants to be able to talk to the nation. And by the way, if we do get uh, another debate, it's going to be just, I think it's just going to be Biden and Sanders. Uh, right. So just two guys on stage. And by the way, no audience. So it would be a a very different debate. It would almost be like a uh, I mean, a very substantive, almost like an academic debate for anybody who debated in high school or college. You know, they would ha- just a have to C-span really go ish. to it on the merits. <laughs> right. And honestly, I th- I think it'd be welcome. Maybe after we'll all actually the- get some stuff talked about, right? Some Seriously, stuff after about. all the theatrics and everybody trying to, you know, get their 10 second zinger that will go viral on the Internet. I mean, maybe we would just have less of that, less insults, mm-hmm. less, you know, arguing about who did what for who voted for what 40 years ago and so forth. But at some point. I, I am just afraid. I'm sorry to all the Sanderzistas out there, whatever you call yourself. <laughs> oh, no. He's down for the count. By Bernie's going to be gone. You think it's just a matter gone. of time. It's just I a do. matter of time. Yeah. All right. So then let's, uh, let's play we'll pretend. Put Bernie, we'll put Bernie well, back up he's still up standing. Yeah. So I think he's you still should, standing. should put him back. If we play pretend for a moment and look at what a Joe Biden presidency might be. Let's talk about some of the policy differences, uh, not only between Sanders and Biden, but between Biden and Trump, who is what this would really come right. down to. And right now, health care is top of mind for lots of reasons for many people. Let's start there. What What is Biden's health care policy? Well, to me, the biggest development that we can say with some um, level of definity is that Medicare for all is dead. Uh, this was, of course, uh, Bernie Sanders' big idea a giant uh, government program that would insure everybody and eliminate private insurance. Uh, so he that was his big plan. Elizabeth Warren also supported that plan. And, um, you know, the votes just people are not voting for Dem- for Bernie Sanders and they weren't voting for Elizabeth Warren either. It's kind of interesting because um, when you look at the exit polls, uh, uh, when they ask, uh, you know, most of these are mostly Democratic voters in the Democratic primary. Some some states have open primaries where anybody can vote, but it's mostly Democrats. Uh, 58% say they support Medicare for all. So that sounds like a high level of support within the Democratic Party. But there's a lot of confusion around this plan. And there's some other polling that shows that more than half of people 
who say they support Medicare for all don't actually know it would eliminate private insurance. So I think, I think what Democratic voters are saying is we want repairs to the uh, health insurance system and to the health care system. I mean, everybody, know, everybody knows what the problem is. There's no secret here. Uh, healthcare is just too expensive, even for people who do have insurance. So, and you know, this is a big deal now that we're talking about coronavirus testing. Who's going to pay for it? Right. Um, so we now have the government saying, well, insurance companies are going to pay for it, but what about people who don't have insurance? How do they get tested if they have it? Who's going to pay for that? Um, it's a big mess, and it it just t it, it's a ni it nicely illustrates a big problem that we have with the healthcare uh, system, even in normal times. So Joe Biden does not uh, support Medicare for all. He does not want a huge government program, but he does support a new public option that would be like Medicare, um, but would leave private insurance in place. So if you have private insurance, the way we do, we're covered by Verizon because uh, we work for a big company. Um, that would that would remain. So does he want to keep Obamacare, which he was part of, right. putting that together? He wants to keep that intact and then what? Add sort of addendums onto that? Yeah, it's it's a little complicated how this might actually work. And you in um, if un under certain types of a public option, you really wouldn't need Obamacare right. anymore um, because the what the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare. I mean, one of that did a lot of different things, but one of the things that did was. Um, provided subsidies for people to buy insurance in the private market. It, there, they did try back then. That was 2010. I mean, there was an effort to actually es establish a public option. It's not a new idea. Mm -hmm. um, the idea being, uh, it could either be part of Medicare, so you could buy into Medicare, and it would not be. This would not be free, by the way. Medicare is not free, um, but you would pay. Uh, who, anybody who enrolled in this public option, whatever it is, you would pay premiums that would basically be enough to cover the costs. The idea is this would, by being a large government program with a lot of people in it and also no profit motive, um, that it would just be cheaper, more affordable for people, uh, including people um, who are sick. Um, and people in that age bracket from that, that crucial age bracket from, let's say, 50 to 65 before you qualify for Medicare. So anyway, uh, Biden has said, look, I was there to build to establish the Affordable Care Act. I want to leave that in place, fix the thi some things that are wrong with the Affordable Care Act. And there are some things wrong with it. And uh, but at like the same what? time, like what? Uh, one of the biggest problems uh, with the Affordable Care Act is people who don't families who don't qualify for subsidies. So the sub, you, I, it's based on a multiple of the poverty level income, so it changes every year. Okay. But right now, for a family of four, uh, if the, you make more than it's around, it's close to it's around $100,000, you just don't get any subsidies. Mm. Zero. You get no subsidies. And if you are an independent contractor or you run your own business or you, you op, work from home or something like that and you, you're not covered by a big employer, you have a very hard time getting That's a hardship, for it is, sure. It is. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people in this yeah. in this bracket. It's only probably a couple of million people, but it's a lot of hardship for those people. And I mean, they pay insurance premiums uh, easily of twenty five, thirty thousand dollars wow. a year, and sometimes that's bare bones. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know there could be a five or ten thousand dollar deductible on top of that. Wow. You're talking about so these are people who don't they earn too much money to qualify for subsidies, yet they could be paying a third of their household income for health, just, for, just for insurance. Right. I mean, that's crazy. That is a giant problem, and it's appalling that Congress hasn't done anything to fix that. So as with many things, 
Many ideas for how to fix that. There's no shortage of ideas. There's just a shortage of votes in Congress and some path forward. So anyway, uh, Biden wants to, you know, fix those problems with the with the ACA and at the same time build this other public option. Now there'd be th 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 those ideas are in conflict uh, because one would sort of compete with the other. And you might say, well, if you're going to build a public option. You really don't need a lot of the things under Obamacare. So it's, it's possible Obamacare could morph into a public option. And we should not pretend that this would be politically easy, even, even though it's not Medicare for all, and uh, it would be um, not nearly as drastic as what Bernie Sanders wants. It'd still be really hard to get put into place, and it would probably require Democratic control of both the House and the Senate. Um, but, you know, one of the things that as we now sort of start looking toward the general election – um, it's not out of the question that Democrats could take control of the Senate. It really, uh, I We're mean, hearing that more and more now. The, the, the coronavirus is a huge wild card, uh, by my estimation, and that of many others. Uh, President Trump is really doing a poor job of leading on the coronavirus. Uh, you know, we're getting conflicting messages out of the administration. We, we may end up doing another, another podcast on that at some point. Oh, I think it deserves but it. I it's mean, a just real recently, opening for Democrats. You know, President Trump himself is calling for a payroll tax cut to last through the election. I don't know what, what you read into that, but right. <laughs> it sort of seems almost like a, a desperate last-ditch effort as he now sees more clearly who his opponent's going to be in the general election. Yeah. He's trying to pull out all the stops, but for him, it may be too little too late. We're going to know a lot more as the virus continues to play yeah. out and, and in the months ahead. I'll, I'll, we, we'll talk about that well. another time, for but sure. I will make a prediction. I don't think Congress is going to pass. That, 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 that's something Congress would have to pass in the right. law. I don't think Congress is going to pass a payroll the, tax cut. All right, they better start passing something, though, because we're going to need some help. Europe, well, they have. Europe I mean, is far remember, ahead of us Congress, in this Congress area. Congress has you know. already passed that $8 billion um, you know, bill to help to provide resources for whatever is needed just to deal immediately with this virus, new testing kits and stuff like right. that. But they're so talking about extended coming. paid right. leave, right. you know, the IRS perhaps extending when right. when we have to pay our, our tax bill. So uh, more to come me, can on I, that, can I, just, can I just wrap up on our, to go back to what we were talking about, health care. So yeah. uh, you, you said, what about the differences between Trump and Biden? And I did not abide by your advice. <laughs> I, I, I was talking about the differences between Biden and Sanders. But the difference between Biden and Trump on health care. So we know Biden um, Biden favors re some reforms that I think are going to be generally popular with um, all voters. Mm -hmm. And um, Trump, of course, uh, he, Trump is still trying to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Now, he's not campaigning on that anymore, but um, we've talked about this before. The Trump administration uh, is a party to a lawsuit that is trying, literally trying to kill the entire ACA in court. And I think that's a real problem for Trump because, uh, first of all, the ACA um, now has a favorability rating above 50%. It has become generally more popular as time has gone on. I think a lot of people have realized uh, it didn't fix all problems um, the way Obama said it might, Obama overstated uh, how effective the ACA was going to be, and that was a mistake on he his did. part. He did, But it has not really caused problems either. And there are some things in the ACA that are very popular. The most important one is the prohibition on denying coverage to people with pre-existing conditions. That's that went away one. under the ACA. Right. We'd want and to Trump see that. Is, but Trump has said he wants to continue that with whatever plan he moves forward with. Well, nonetheless, he that's what he says. But at the same time, he's trying to kill the entire mm -hmm. ACA, which would eliminate that prohibition so insurance companies could go back uh, and deny coverage to people with pre-existing conditions unless uh, Congress passed a new law that 
that said they didn't do that. So it's kind of, I mean, it's an incoherent policy. So Trump favors something that's in the law, but he wants to repeal the law and then separately go back and pass the same thing that's in the law, which the Republicans couldn't do when they controlled Congress. Right, it's right. a totally incoherent um, policy. And if uh, Bi the Biden campaign is sharp, I think they'll be able to really exploit that. I don't know if they you know, will, but speaking they of could. incoherent, uh, you know, it's it, whether it's true or not, things are trending all over the place and on Twitter about Biden's cognitive health. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it senility. Does, I think senility is the Twitter word. Right. 78 years old. He's getting around OK. But, you know, th they are highlighting some sound bites where he sounds less than sort of together with his thoughts. Um, some are saying that he has been not doing media interviews, one-on-one -on -one interviews, which we really have not seen him do because he is having mm -hmm. some problems. Is that a huge vulnerability, I would imagine, for Trump to lay into Biden if and when the time comes? And do you think it's enough to actually work against Biden? I think Biden is 77 Okay, and I think I Sanders is seventy-eight. All right, but I've made if I'm I, I, I'm not going to look it up. You can look it up. I'm on looking your, it up you as can you speak. It as we're yes. sitting here. Um, I've made that mistake in some stories. I get Biden and Sanders their ages mixed up. He is seventy-seven. And how old is Trump? Seventy-four. He's, I believe so. But but he he'll turn seventy-eight in November. So right Biden after will. the election. Before or after Biden, the election. Biden, by, by after November twentieth. So he'll at least turn he gets to run as a seventy-seven-year, a spry seventy-seven-year-old. There you um, go. Well, sure. I think it. And Trump is 73. He'll be 74 in June. Um, I think uh, for sure. Um, but it depends what, um, uh, how uh, apparent this becomes to voters uh, in the general election. And we are going to have some, let's, assuming it's Biden, we are going to have you know, debates between Trump and Biden. And I think those will be definitive. I mean, um, those, those will be uh, available for everybody to see. Everybody will know what really happened and they won't, you know, without having to guess some little clip they saw on the internet, has it been doctored? Um, right. And some Those of the Biden, the by the way, some of the Biden things that are on the internet have been doctored. Um, and Trump has actually retweeted some of those. So Twitter um, took it down, but not Facebook, I believe. Right. Right. Um, and we're going to see a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. So for starters, it's going to be a little bit difficult if you're just looking at it online, what's real and what's fake. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, know, I, I know misspoke. I think Twitter actually came out and, and like highlighted that it. this was, they, they labeled, labeled it, it saying this was, right. you know, but, but even, I mean, they didn't it's, take it down. It's, it's a lot of places other than Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely. Too, so, so this is going to be out there. And then on the other hand, there is, there are also videos of Trump. Uh, mangling words and misspeaking and slurring words. Wow, that's going to be uh, the quite day, the debate between the daily, these two. I think we might have mentioned this in our last podcast. The Daily Show has put together these montages of um, Trump's uh, difficulty with language. So it's going to be, you know, competing senility narratives. <laughs> Goodness. Um, right. will, will, this, will this be an advantage to one or the other? I mean, impossible to predict. It, it, you know, there often are these things you cannot possibly foresee that um, end up um, becoming important, you know, like um, coronavirus, which like could coronavirus. which could yep. wind up defining the Trump presidency. It, it could. Because as we're going to the polls, this will still you would have to think it, it's the closest thing that will have happened to the election. It will be yeah. top of mind the way his yes. administration dealt with it. I want to get back to the what a Biden presidency might look like. Yep. And what are his what's his take on taxes. Yeah, this is important. Um, so major distinctions between uh, Trump and Biden on tax policy. Uh, so uh, Trump, basically, at this point, he's basically campaigning on his record. I don't think he's, I mean, he has 
floated this idea of another middle class, even before coronavirus, he was right. saying, I, I don't think there was there, there's really a realistic chance that that would happen before the election. And then once, if Trump were to win re-election, I don't know why he would press for another tax cut because he just got a big tax cut in 2017. Um, so Trump is basically the status quo candidate uh, at this point. Keep America great, to my mind, that's his new slogan. To my mind, that is basically just uh, let's just per continue with the Trump policies. But here's what Biden would do differently. So Biden, first of all, wants to ra raise the corporate income tax rate back, uh, not all the way back to 35% where it was before mm -hmm. Trump cut it, but to 28%. So the Trump tax cut in 2017 cut it from 35% to 21%. Biden is saying, let's put that back to 28%. Uh, interestingly, you know, people don't remember this, but Obama in his budgets, uh, when when, when uh, Biden was the vice president, he also favored a reduction, which would have been from 35 to 28 percent in the corporate tax rate then, but only if you close a lot of corporate loopholes. So if for Biden to say, um, you know, his starting point is a 28 uh, percent tax, corporate tax rate, I think you could see um, this. It would require Democrats to control both houses, but I think you could see middle ground settling on 25 percent okay. um, corporate tax rate. I think uh, we you know, you can ask how would markets react to that? I mean, we had a bull market rally during the Obama years when the corporate tax rate was 35%. Uh, and it continued when the corporate tax rate got cut to 21. So other things remaining equal would 25% make a difference. I don't think it would make that much of a difference. Uh, but probably right. anyway, some of the other things he wants to do, he would um, uh, restore the uh, basically the top two tax rates back to the Obama levels. So Trump, uh, the 2017 tax cut also lo lowered tax rates for everybody. But many Democrats say the wealthy didn't need a tax cut, fine to lower for middle class, but it was a mistake to lower for the wealthy. So he would basically um, go back to the old tax rates. It's mostly for, for uh, incomes above 400,000 people. That's, uh, I don't know, that's a top one or two percent, something like that. Um, he would make big changes in um, uh, the estate tax. Um, mm. So And it gets a little complicated, but that would basically go up on people who have large estates. And then another big change is for people who earn above a million dollars, he would change the capital gains tax, and he would he would say, uh, if you are making a million dollars in ca or more in capital gains, we're going to tax that the same as income mm. at your tax bracket. That would actually be a very large change for people be. in that bracket because for long-term tax, I uh, hope I get my numbers right here, but for long-term capital gains, the tax rate is 15%, which is low. Right. Um, if Ob if uh, and the and the upper the highest tax bracket right now for labor income is thirty seven percent. So that's a huge. That'd jump. be a big a big change to yeah. go from being taxed at fifteen percent all the way up to thirty seven. And the last thing you want to do and is unincentivize people to invest. Uh, well, I don't know if that you, would you, be you, a, a deciding so you, factor. But so you ask the question: um, Would that would you would you actually disincentivize people to invest? And I mean, you have to weigh that against the fact that we're running $1 trillion deficits every year right. or more. So, so somebody is undertaxed in America because we should not have $1 trillion deficits. That's the gap between what the government takes in and what it spends. So either somebody well, maybe is maybe simply the government's spending too much. Or, uh, they overspend. Or, um, <laughs> or that's right. Um, yeah. So something's wrong. Something's wrong there. And um, 
you know, this is what elections determine is how do the how do these levels of spending and taxation get set? And they do vary under different administrations and under different parties. Mm -hmm. So uh, what you would see under Biden um, is an effort to raise more government revenue and he would spend it on things we've been talking about. I mean, the public option, the healthcare public option, it could be self-funding, but it probably would require some additional revenue. And again, people would pay, that would not be free to join the public option. You'd pay premiums for that. But other, other things to do to fix Obamacare that we were talking about before, that would take a little bit of money. So he'd need money for that. Um, Obama, uh, excuse me, Biden, uh, I probably will not be the first person like saying Obama when I mean Biden. No, um, Biden did that himself. Uh, he, he called himself he O'Biden recently. <laughs> so. Uh, so just some other things. Uh, so B Biden does have a significant climate um, plan. Yeah, to and I'd imagine there, the gap between him and Trump are, is pretty wide there in terms of climate change. Yeah, the gap between Trump and everybody is pretty wide on True. climate because, I mean, I've made the, I, I've said to some, including when I interviewed Bill Weld, who is also, who is still Remember running for president as a Republican. I said, uh, well, what's your climate plan compared? President Trump doesn't really have a climate plan. He said, no, President Trump does have a climate plan. It's to invest even more in fossil fuels. Mm. And we're actually hearing that as part of possible coronavirus response stimulus plan is tax breaks for oil and gas drillers. Right. I don't think that has a chance. But anyway, um, so Trump obviously very uh, pro-fossil fuel. And, and um, another thing Trump has done, not just um, tax, tax breaks for that industry, but um, regulatory rollbacks. So um, that is one place where we've seen a lot of regulatory role. And you think that would go making, away if Biden were to become absolutely, president? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so he does have a climate plan. Um, I mean, I haven't mastered every detail of the climate plan. It's not the Green New Deal. He's not nearly as aggressive as, as that. And again, that's Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the Green New Deal. Why? One of the reasons I think Bernie Sanders is losing. But Biden's climate plan is... Um, a net zero emissions economy by 2050, 2050, so 30 years from now. Uh, it sounds like a long way in the future, but that, that would be very hard to do. That would take tons of uh, further investment. It seems super in. aggressive. It is very aggressive, but, um, I mean, we have to do something. Sure. You have to set some target. He'd put us back in the Paris Agreement, I would he imagine. He would put us, all agreement. the Democrats have said they would rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement on day one. Um, I'm not sure that would make a lot of difference. I mean, it helps to be part of this group. That's, I mean, that's about having discussions about things to right, do. It's not right. non-binding. And then Biden also favors a carbon tax, um, which economists like. I mean, mm. um, all the leading economists think a carbon tax is a good way to deal with um, climate change and force reductions in the burning of fossil fuels. We've talked about that a little bit before, but the basic idea is you set a schedule that everybody can see um, where you're going to at you're going to uh, impose a new tax on carbon, and you basically do it at the industrial level, but it will get passed on to consumers, um, and everybody is going to know this tax is going to go up over time. It's going to get um, more and more expensive, and that creates uh, so that means um, that creates an incentive to come up with other time other types of energy that are not subject to that tax. So, right. uh, and that is you know economists like that because you're basically using a government lever to foster innovation in the private sector. So you're not telling, uh, you know, inventors and innovators in the private sector how to deal with climate change. You're just saying, uh, if you can come up with a better alternative to carbon energy, which is going to get more and more expensive, you're going to make a lot of money. Right. You're speaking of you're incentives make a lot earlier. Of money. There's your incentive and then, as, a, um, as an inventor. Yes. Uh, gasoline prices go up because the tax gets passed on. Um, if you heat your home with fuel or natural gas, yes, your costs go up. But 
Um, you can also rebate. You can also do a rebate for the uh, for consumers uh, to try to make it basically is revenue neutral. Is this what, what Biden is proposing? Uh, I don't, I don't so, something like that. So I don't know all the details of, of the Biden's carbon tax idea, but that is the general idea. Okay. I mean, this is a, this is actually kind of a mainstream idea. I mean, economists have been talking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, economists, and by the way, Ben Bernanke, former Fed chair, supports this. Uh, uh, Janet Yellen, former Fed chair, supports this. I mean, sort of most of the preeminent co- economists have signed a letter saying this is the way to, this is one of the ways to do it. So. Uh, so there's that. Um, just a couple other. So that that's those are most of you know. There are other smaller tax changes that Biden favors. He does want to raise more revenue. Um, he does support not free college for everybody, which is the Bernie Sanders plan. Um, he would make two years of community college free. Again, that's an Obama. That's an Obama idea. That was the Obama policy. And at that at this point, I think that's a fairly mainstream idea. I mean, people have thought over the Bernie Sanders free, forgive everybody's student debt, right. and then make college free, and you have to come up with a ton of money from somewhere to do that. And that's called tax and everyone. Tax everyone above, above <laughs> or And even admit it, it's going to have to be a, a middle class tax cut. We can go on and let on. Me, let me add one more yep, important thing. Um, no wealth tax. So Biden, no does, wealth not tax have, under Biden, Biden. does not have a wealth tax. Um, Different from and, Sanders, and very time. different from Sanders, and from Elizabeth Warren, sure. and, and from Tom Steyer. And Biden has um, said he's kind of, you know, put his hand out to billionaires, and he said, "I'm I'm not aiming to punish anybody." Uh, he's he's that's the phrase he uses. I don't. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to be punished. So he doesn't feel like um, you're bad just because you're wealthy. Um, and I think there's this a is nice one idea of the reasons, for our capitalistic society. I think this is one of the reasons Biden, will, you know, assuming he keeps it together, yeah. could be appealing as a general election candidate. We'll see if he keeps it together, or if President Trump keeps it together, especially with the backdrop of this growing coronavirus fear. Um, that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, listening and for watching. Be sure to follow me at Alexis TV News. And me at Rick J. Newman. And, and we'll be s- nice. We'll see you next time. You don't have to be nice. Thank <laughs> you.